edition of Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here along with Angel Munoz. We are live. It's the UTEP Football Spring Showcase coming up here at 6 o'clock. We've got a busy day of Sports Talk today and a lot of local news to get to. Our telephone number is 915-505-600 and the number 9. And you can check us out also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter where you can check in as well. No Steve Kaplowitz today. He is out at, in uh, the city of Austin taking uh, taking some time away, but no problem at all. We will get uh, you ready for some Chihuahuas baseball coming up at 6 o'clock and also this UTEP football spring showcase. Uh, this show is loaded today. We are really excited about a big uh, about a big show today. First off, coming up next, a UTEP minor voice. It's Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, who will be joining us live here at the Sun Bowl to preview this spring showcase and talk a little UTEP news just across the board. Uh, after we get a chance to talk with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, we'll then get to talk with Danny Garcia of UTEP Athletics. He'll join us to talk a little bit and recap with us how the UTEP garage sale went today. I know a lot of people on social media, uh, they were vocal about it. They, they talked a lot about it in this one. I mean, look, I had a chance to attend the, the garage sale. I came super early, and I, I joined uh, some friends from the Quentin Demps Foundation, the nonprofit foundation founded by uh, former UTEP great in Quentin Demps, and had an opportunity to go a little early with those guys as they were getting away, getting some raffles and some giveaway items for their foundation. And uh, while I was there, I mean, we we got there, I would say, about 8.30, 8.45, 8, uh, 9 o'clock, around that period, and uh, there were only about maybe like 10 people at most around that time. And then between 9.30 and 10 o'clock, that line uh, got stupid long. I mean, it, it just circled all around that Larry K. Durham Center and uh, and, they, and the front uh, northeast entrance of the Sun Bowl. Uh, a lot of people were out there. They were real excited and anxious to try to go in. I know some fans, um, you know, they left because of the long lines and they left because of the long wait times as well. But uh, there were some fans who left with a ton of goodies. It really reminded me of that $5 grab bag sale by the El Paso Chihuahuas where the demand was there. There. Fans were active. They wanted to get there super early, and uh, when they got there that early, they, uh, they they left with a lot of goodies out there for the El Paso Chihuahuas. Uh, I had a good haul. Uh, I'll, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, me personally, I, I just got a polo for myself and a and a UTEP hat for myself, but mostly uh, mostly gifts, mostly presents and things like that. Um, but nonetheless, really really good job um, for the UTEP uh, garage sale. I understand if you're a UTEP fan who really wanted to get a a chance to, to be there like uh, CK Milestone Photo who tweeted us, you know, getting a little, uh, you know, upset about how things were ran. I, I think even Leo underscore minor fan was checking in and giving us updates on his experience and how long it took. Uh, one of my good friends, Malcolm, was uh, there in line for a while and he ended up uh, leaving as well. I know some people tried to go at lunchtime, like around their lunch break and uh, didn't really have an opportunity to get, capitalize on those items, but we'll recap it. I know it was a little shaky, but hey, it was the first one that UTEP did and uh, kudos to UTEP for just trying to do this in the first place and giving fans an opportunity to go out and capitalize on some of the UTEP throwback gear that they had um, as far as things that they had real quick just a quick rundown of of uh, you know things that I saw and really liked uh, I loved the fact that they had these glory road practice jerseys those were really cool they had a lot of those they had a lot of softball jerseys as well uh, UTEP football jerseys they had them in orange uh, navy blue and white 
And then they also threw on a ton of polos on the tables as well. Uh, you, you just had, you know, a lot of hats out there, some pullovers from UTEP football, from cross country, from track and field. And then they had a lot of basketball or they had some basketball uh, warm ups, both men and women. Uh, I found one of my favorite things that I found uh, at the uh, at the garage sale were the programs that they were uh, selling away. So they, they were selling away a uh, um, some really nice ones. I mean, just vintage programs that you could get for UTEP athletics. Uh, but if you'd like to talk about it, you could do it with us. 915-505-600 in the number nine. That's 505-905-600 in the number nine. If you'd like to talk a little bit about the your experience at UTEP athletics first ever garage sale. I mean, it was popping this morning, big time. The line stretched out in a big way. UTEP said the sale will continue to around six or so. We'll, we'll check in with Danny later on to see if they've got any stuff left. Uh, for any UTEP fans planning to make a trip out here to the Sun Bowl and uh, head over to the Spring Showcase. Uh, Again, a real busy day in our 5 o'clock hour. Head coach Dana Dimmel will join us on the show. He'll talk a little bit about the UTEP football team and what to expect tonight for the Spring Showcase. A lot of newcomers. That's a big takeaway I have. ton of newcomers, 14 mid-year transfers, guys who are going to play immediately. And at some positions, I'm thinking to myself, how are you? How is UTEP going to find the right starters? I mean, there are so many uh, solid options at multiple positions, and uh, this is one of the first years I can remember. I think last year they kept saying it. Oh, you know, UTEP is deep. UTEP is deep. You just come out and watch our roster. They kept saying that on their side, but uh, you know, when you you look at this year's roster, I think it's you know it's even more loaded. I, I'm really impressed by what I've seen so far in spring ball, and you know, I put together a list of ten minor players to keep an eye out for tonight some newcomers specifically guys you might haven't seen in a utep uniform play for the miners before uh and you can check that story out at 600 espn el paso.com also while you're there check out the minor talk mailbag 600 espn el paso.com we've got that as well despite seeing nine players depart away from the program just telling fans simply the sky is not falling for utep basketball uh, head coach joe golding has a plan and i i believe that uh between the recruits that they try to bring in uh whether they're at the juco level if they're at the uh division one level or if they're coming from high school i think he's uh you know this gives him an opportunity to retool the entire roster they already know what it takes to win at con- at the at the conference usa level and uh now they can you know retool roster for guys who are going to want to be here in el paso and play for the minors our number again 915-505-600 and the number nine if you'd like to get in on the phone uh on the phone lines as we continue here on sports talk also in our five o'clock hour it's ask a doctor dr sergio alvarado of the desert institute of sports medicine he'll join us uh for a special edition of our show today uh we are excited to bring on the doc jock uh after a little bit of a hiatus we uh he we had a lot of different college basketball games that we aired in the month of march so now getting a chance to speak with uh, the Doc Jock, that is Dr. Sergio Alvarado, coming up here at 520. And then Hags will close us out here on the show, getting you ready for some Chihuahuas baseball. They're 3-0 and on the season. Chihuahuas are red hot. They're playing tonight. 6.05 is the opening pitch. And uh, we'll, have that, we'll have that coverage for you right here, 600 ESPN El Paso, following Sports Talk today, uh, again at 6 o'clock. Now I've, I've buried the lead. I've, I've spent nine minutes setting up the show. And uh, let's talk about the big news today, because this just dropped thanks to uh, Colin Deaver, who broke the news of KTSM. Uh, and this is huge news uh, right now, folks. Let's let's get right into it. UTEP women's basketball heard the news today that star player Katia Gallegos, yes, 
the same Katia Gallegos, who's the hometown hero, who graduated from Franklin High School, who is a uh, three-time all-conference recipient, all-conference recipient uh, and one of the best players, if not the best player, on the women's basketball team. She entered the NCAA transfer portal today. Uh, sources tell Colin Deaver of KTSM. Uh, again, she's you know she's a hometown hero. She we we got to see her succeed at the Franklin High School level. Uh, she was a star in the playoffs. She was a you know best player in the city when she graduated. But the big question was with Katia Gallegos was how can she translate her um, you know her game to the next level? What what can she do at the college level to you know up her game? And you know what that first year it was an adjustment. I'm not gonna lie to you, but. Katia Gallegos really came onto the scene, and uh, I think minor fans really loved her. They they really appreciated how hard she played, and they appreciated the fact that she was a uh, Hispanic girl from El Paso who was kind of you know a role model to a lot of El Paso girls who want want to play at the next level. And I think that's one of the tough things if you're just looking at Katia Gallegos leaving the program. Minor fans, this is a tough one for them to swallow. She's the third UTEP women's basketball player to enter the transfer portal. After a difficult uh, season, let's just say that she's a she's a fan favorite. I mean, I would go to those UTEP women's basketball games, and little girls were there just to watch Katia play. And after the game, they'd ask for autographs, they'd ask for pictures, they'd say uh, that she was, uh, you know, Katia was her favorite player. And you know, a lot of children really loved uh, Kat- coming to go see Katia Gallegos, and fans did too. I mean, it was just you know, it was your season ticket holders, is the the UTEP women basketball diehards who just loved Katia Gallegos and. Uh, you know, Destiny Thurman, she was the leading scorer from last year. She entered the transfer portal. Same with Brenda Fontana. They all, they both, so now three players are in the transfer portal from the UTEP women's basketball side of things. Uh, and look, UTEP entered this past season with really high hopes. You had a, I, I, you know, arguably a better roster than you've had in the past couple of years. And, you know, just fallen short of expectations the way that they finished out a 14 and 15 record. They started the year 9 and 2, and then just, you know, nothing could really click for this team after that. It, it was just a really weird season in conference play. It just seemed nothing that, that nothing went right uh, for this UTEP women's basketball team. Um, I know that head coach Kevin Baker's dealt with transfers year after year. He's seen players go come and go, and uh, he's always maintained that his uh, big objective is to supplement the talent that they lost with better talent uh, moving forward. And he's always been very positive about this. I mean, when he talks about this, this kind of these kind of things like the transfer portal, he always talks very positively about the UTEP women's basketball program. But after this one, I don't know how you can be positive because. Katia Gallegos is your program, you know, face of your program right there. And uh, some people can argue, well, there's no I in team and things like that. But you still need that veteran leader who's going to uh, kind of set the, the tone and, and really get you, propel you forward in, in basketball. And losing Katia Gallegos like they did, I mean, that's a that's a huge, huge loss for this women's basketball team. And for the city of El Paso, I, I feel bad for the, the sports fans here who watched Katia Gallegos and who really liked her a lot. Because uh, Katia was one of those people who was just very down to earth you know she she, uh, um, she was always willing to take photos with fans and interact with fans and things like that I thought she was she was a professional and a pro and every and, and everything she did uh, on and off the court and uh, you know I think UTEP and, and El Paso will really miss her I, you know and now talking Katia specifically uh, as far as what kind of interest she could gain potentially uh, the sky's the limit I, I honestly think I mean Katia Gallego she could she could earn some pretty um, de- some really good opportunities maybe 
maybe playing at the Power 5 level. She can parlay a uh, three-time all-conference uh, resume into uh, maybe a Power 5 gig. And, you know, I was talking to some people earlier today just, you know, talking about women's college basketball and how it's evolved over the past couple of years. And, um, you know, they, they reported recently uh, that ESPN had their highest, ra- uh, highest rating from the Women's College Basketball National Championship. That's right, 4.85 million viewers uh, for the Women's NCAA Championship. That was the most-watched college basketball game, men or women, most-watched college basketball game since 2008. Uh, and that, that just shows you how, how many people have really uh, grabbed on, latched onto this sport in women's college basketball and how they support it uh, to a whole nother level. And I, maybe Katia Gallegos wants to play at that high level and, and you know pl- star in the NCAA tournament at some point. But for minor fans, uh, they were dealt with this news today, and uh, it's the ever-changing world of college athletics. 915-505-600 in the number nine. That's our telephone number as we get started here on Sports Talk today. Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, will join us in our next segment. Uh, we are getting everybody ready for the UTEP Football Spring Showcase. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, will join us as you're listening to Sports Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us along with Angel Munoz back at our Lubin Go studio. We are live at the Sun Bowl preparing for the UTEP Football Spring Showcase. And joining us next is Voice of the Miners, John Teicher. John, beautiful day. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. It's uh, it's great to talk some UTEP football today for the Spring the spring Showcase tonight. You picked out a good seat, Adrian, on the 45-yard line. It doesn't get much better than this, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And, uh, and, and, John, this is a real exciting time of year for minor fans because they get a chance to see the newcomers from the UTEP football team and they get a chance to see uh, this UTEP football team play against each other tonight under the lights. This is a lot of fun for a lot of minor fans. Right, and a lot of familiar names and also, uh, thanks to the uh, most recent UTEP football signing class, you'll see some newcomers, uh, several of which, uh, several of whom are going to make significant uh, contributions come uh, the start of the 2022 season. I'm so excited for those mid-year guys. I want to get to those, but I, I first I want to talk a little bit about what happened earlier today. The garage sale, uh, what, what happened here uh, out at the Larry K. Durham Center. Fans got a chance to do this today. Uh, your thoughts on the first ever garage sale for UTEP fans to try to capitalize I on? thought it was really fun, and... Uh, I must admit, when I came out, I I, uh, was doing something else, and I finally got out here, oh, maybe 10.30 this morning, just to have a look. And I couldn't believe the size of the line that was waiting (laughs) to get in. And then, of course, I went inside and and just had a look at uh, how things were proceeding and all the people who were uh, perusing through uh, all of the various uh, items. And, uh, you know, a lot of these things have been stored up for quite some time by the various uh, UTEP teams. And there were some really interesting and great items uh, uh, that were available and, uh, and, and things that you, you can't find anywhere else. And uh, right up until I came up here, uh, Adrian, when I worked a two to four uh, shift helping people as they came in, uh, people were still flying in the doors uh, looking for those uh, those bargains and and the, and the things that uh, that they wanted uh, for themselves and and their family and their kids and and their friends and uh, and there's still more left. They're going to reopen again. I think at uh, 5:30 or six o'clock when the gates open for the spring showcase. So there's. Uh, there's still some more to be had. What What are some of the items that are still here for the the garage sale that you've seen? A lot of track and field stuff. 
there's still some football and basketball items, some of them in, in larger sizes. Uh, there's a lot of T-shirts. Um, there's some bobbleheads. Uh, there's some clocks. There's a little of everything that uh, people can uh, look through and, and see what fits and, uh, and again, uh, what, uh, what they like. And, uh, again, items that uh, you, you, you can't find anywhere else. Now, with uh, the spring garage sale that we got a chance, that everybody got a chance to capitalize on today, uh, with, with this right here, what were some of the items that really piqued your interest? I mean, just maybe throwback items that you hadn't remembered and uh, or hadn't thought about in a while that you got a chance to check out today. Well, there were, there were quite a few UTEP basketball jerseys of uh, older vintage, I think, that really piqued uh, people's interest, and those went fairly quickly. You don't see these very often anymore because teams don't wear the old warm-up suits. Those were really. cool. Yeah, I like those. Yes. They? Yeah, and there there were actually some personalized UTEP men's basketball jerseys uh, there as well that I saw that uh, that got gobbled up uh, too. So a lot of that stuff is uh, is fun. Uh, some of the items uh, had the new orange colors. A lot of them had the old orange colors. So again, there was uh, a little something for uh, everybody there. And I think those that uh, had the opportunity to go through had a lot of fun doing so. Let's talk some basketball real quick. Katia Gallegos, this is the big news of today. She is transferring away from the program. There's now three players in the transfer portal from the women's side. Now I think it's very different. Situation's very different from uh, women's basketball and men's basketball uh but for minor fans uh seeing the hometown girl and katia gallegos go i mean that's a tough loss for minor fans right there you know i adrian to be honest with you i i feel more for the fans now than i feel for anybody else you know the coaches can recover they'll rebuild they'll find another player to to fill in the the various spots that uh, that open up when kids decide to go into the transfer portal but you know for most of the time that i've been here covering uh UTEP sports for more than four decades, you could count on a student athlete staying for the entirety of their eligibility four or or five years, or in some instances, uh, even more than that. But these days, rare is the sight that a student athlete uh, stays uh, for the entirety of their eligibility in one place. And who loses in that scenario? It's the fans. It's the fans. And at the same point, now you're starting to see college basketball players or even football players with three schools on their radar three different schools can you imagine that i I stay at one school one year i give it a chance but then i'm going to another school the next year and after i have success or or don't have success at that next school well i want my next stop so three schools right there let me give you an example Uh, in the recent uh, men's nc2a basketball tournament that uh, certainly hits home trey wade began his utep basketball career began his college basketball career at utep Transferred after one year to a junior college, South Plains College. Then he went to Wichita State for a couple of years and wound up at Arkansas. So he played at four different schools to exhaust his college basketball eligibility. And that is every day becoming more and more the norm of what we're seeing. And then it seems like some of these players who end up doing things like that come up with that fifth year of eligibility where you're just scratching your head and you're thinking, what's going on in, in college basketball? Where, whether it's NILs that, that is kind of meddling with this, whether it's players just unhappy constantly, um, it, it just seems like it's rampant right now to a, to a whole other level. We saw it a little bit last year, but this year is the first time where we see, in, at least in the college basketball world, uh, coaches use the NILs, use uh, different transfer portal requirements like the one-time waiver uh, exemption. It, it seems like Matt 
madness right now in college hoops. And, of course, you add into that uh, last year the COVID season where you played the entire season, but it really didn't count in terms of towards uh, eligibility for any of these student athletes. And uh, it's created a lot of confusion for those that, uh, that uh, enjoy following these things. Remember when we used to value high school players, four-star, five-star recruits? Now it seems like, okay, the four-star, five-star recruits are actually your NCAA tra- transfer portal guys. Yeah, the, uh, particularly the, the high majors. You know, they may take some of those kids to, to fill in, but it's basically, uh, you know, you, you shop in the portal first for guys that have already proven themselves as, as a college player, and then you kind of fill in it, seemingly with those uh, high school kids. So it, it, it's completely changed over the last even five years, three to five years. It's just it's gotten crazy. On the men's basketball side of things, nine departures, three starters who left, Jamal Biennemi, Sule Boom, Titus Verhoeven. Now, I'm not really looking for a solution. I think minor fans are panicking, which I, I think is, is way too uh, sure. you know, it, it's way too soon for that. This is an opportunity for Joe Golding and staff to retool and to get players that they want here. They know the lay of the land. They know Conference USA now. They, they probably know what kind of players they want to recruit to El Paso. Well, and again, consider, Adrian, this time a year ago, Joe Golding had yet to be hired by UTEP. So when he took over, things had been very much picked over in terms of available players to bring into the University of Texas at El Paso. And of course, he had no recruiting ties to this university. So now, fast forward a year later, he and his staff have had that full year to to build those relationships with the coaches, with the kids, with the parents, and, uh, and recruit specifically to UTEP. So I think when all is said and done, uh, Joe Golding and his staff will have exactly what they want. They'll have the kids that believe in doing things the way he wants to do things. And uh, hopefully we'll be, uh, you know, we'll be uh, pleased and, and surprised at, at what the hall is. Eight eight. Excuse me. Our telephone number, our new telephone number, John nine one five five zero five six hundred. Number you nine. looked at you me. Gonna... You thought old, didn't you? No, yeah, I, right. I was thinking to myself, how are we going to do this for the coaches' show, John? We got to do this. We, we got to get this into your brain. Yeah, man. that's for sure. I. What prompted that? What prompted the phone number change? Uh, I was. I was told it was. A, I was told there was a rumor that uh, the old number was held hostage because of some uh, some money. <laughs> uh, the Miners will wrap up spring practices tonight. It's the showcase set for 6 o'clock Friday here at the Sun Bowl. Gates open at 5 o'clock. Tickets are free. UTEPminers.com slash tickets. Or you can go to the Sun Bowl North box office or starting right now and pick up your tickets. Uh, um, you know, John, Head coach Dana Dimmel is entering year five now at the helm. This is uh, the fourth season here that you'll get an opportunity to do this uh, spring showcase and have an opportunity to take fans through the drills that they go through. Talk about that. And this is such a unique thing where you get a chance to you know, interview Dana Dimmel during these spring drills and, and give fans an insight of what they're doing. Yeah, normally uh, Dana is so occupied with these practices, but uh, for the spring showcase, he takes the time to step back a little bit and uh, and talk about uh, exactly what's going on in these various drills. Uh, we may have an opportunity to uh, to talk with some assistant coaches, a couple of new members of the staff, and maybe some players as well, even uh, during the drills. So it's a little bit different than watching a regular practice or a game itself in that uh, there is opportunity to, to hear some things that uh, obviously you don't get during the course of a, an actual game competition or a uh, even a regular practice. How, how, what do you uh, take away from this spring ball so far? Because when I've been out there, 
John, I, I've, I've recognized the practices are crisp. It seems like just, you know, looking back to, uh, three, four years ago uh, to now and where this sure. team is now, they know how to practice. They know how to respond. And more more than just that, their twos and their threes are stronger than I, I ever remember. Yeah, they've learned. I, I think UTEP football has done a very, very good job for the most part keeping those players that they have brought into the program with the program to the end of their eligibility against uh, everything we've been uh, talking about. Now, obviously, uh, you know, a player like uh, Jacob Cowing, who probably had achieved everything he possibly could here at UTEP and has a family in, in Arizona, I, I think was completely justified in, in certainly transferring out to the University of uh, Arizona. But otherwise, uh, Adrian, this is a veteran UTEP football team. It's a team that's been largely recruited by UTEP, evaluated by the minor staff, uh, developed by the minor staff, and, and certainly they've gone through the, the scars of some losing seasons to the seven-win season of the first bowl appearance by a UTEP team in some seven years in uh, in 2021. So I think that's the reason that uh, you've seen uh, what you've seen uh, this spring, uh, culminating in this spring showcase tonight. Specifically for experience on offense, you, you start off with your quarterback and Gavin Hardison. You get to return him for another season. Uh, I've seen him transition into a, a brilliant leader this spring. And, you know, even over the offseason, just the way that he was talking about this program and how hungry it seems like he wants to, you know, get back out there and things like that. I think minor fans take him for granted. I really do, because if you have a gunslinger like Gavin Hardison, uh, that's something that's very valuable and it's hard to find. It, for UTEP football. Yeah, no question. I know he takes a little bit of heat maybe for his completion percentage, which uh, actually increased into the mid-50s this past year. But consider this. It's been since 2006 since a UTEP football team over the course of a season has completed 60% of its passes, even 60% of its passes. So you're talking about uh, more than 15 years. But uh, I think we've all seen uh, Gavin grow. Uh, he's made 20 starts as uh, as the UTEP quarterback, and I'm with you. I think the best of Gavin Hardison is, is very much still to come. Now, we can talk about the receivers in a sec, but for the running back core, it got even better, which is hard hard to imagine because you already bring back Ronald Awat, Deion Hankins, Ray Flores, and, of course, Willie Eldridge. But I was very impressed with what I saw from Cartraven Walker. I mean, he could be somebody who is a scat back, a little undersized, but could really help the miners out if he gives gets that opportunity down the line. Yeah, sure. Obviously, reps uh, may be a, a bit of an issue for someone uh, in his uh, situation, but there might be some opportunity and, and situations that would warrant uh, his uh, insertion into the game. But uh, he caught our eye a little bit uh, last year, uh, was with the miners all year long and practiced uh, with the team. So certainly kind of a change of pace uh, guy that uh, really could make an impact. Who do you like out of the wide receivers? Well, I, I think that uh, Kelly Akari, if I'm saying his name uh, correctly, the uh, junior college transfer has, uh, has caught my uh, attention. Uh, Tyron Smith, I thought, made great uh, progress uh, a year ago. That's uh, somebody that uh, obviously is going to command some attention uh, this season. And uh, don't forget Walter Dawn, who will don a UTEP football uniform in 2022 for a seventh season. (laughs) A seventh season. Walter started here in 2016, and although he's not played all of those as full seasons, 
Uh, this fall, uh, once he dons a UTEP uniform, it'll be season number seven for the UTEP Miners. I was a sophomore in college in 2016 there, John. Uh, how about the uh, how about uh, up front on the offensive line, Aluma, the six foot eight. Kelly, yeah. Yeah, the six foot eight, 380 pounder. He looks like a beast, John. Yeah, you know, again, I haven't seen enough of him uh, yet. They say he's just got incredible feet, uh, particularly for a kid of uh, his size. But it wasn't long ago that we were amazed at 300-pound linemen. And now we're talking about somebody that's pushing 400 pounds. So exactly where is this thing going, huh? huh? Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. How about the defensive front? Because you have uh, some great starters in Praise and May, Hule, Jadrian Taylor, Kelton Moss, Keenan Stewart. But now your two deep is even uh, you know stronger than it was last year. You have, uh, you, you have a, a lot of guys like Maurice Westmoreland, who's just coming from Kilgore College. Uh, some newcomers in the mix as well. That defensive front could be arguably the best in conference. USA. Well, again, in my estimation, Adrian, that is where UTEP has made the biggest strides over the last two years in particular. UTEP's rushing defense last year was the best by a UTEP team over the course of a full season since 1967. Wow. Wow. You're talking about how many generations there. And in particular, and, you know, obviously Praise and and Jadrian are terrific uh, football players and do a lot of damage on the outside. But those two inside kids they brought in, Keenan Stewart and Kelton Moss, have made Amehule and Taylor and everybody on that defense better football players by the work, all of the dirty work, a lot of it that doesn't get noticed on the interior of that Miners defensive front. Oh, and then the only part you're really questioning for the defense is the secondary, but they've retooled in the secondary as well because they've brought Josiah Allen in, Kobe Hilton. They still get Justin Prince back in the mix. I mean, secondary should be just fine. Oh, and by the way, I, I love the new uh, secondary coach in Barnett. I think he's he's a pretty strong coach, and he could bring a lot to the table. You know, I, I think almost every area of this UTEP football team is 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 experienced and fairly deep. The only two areas that are relatively unproven at this level and we've talked about them both the wide receivers and in particular the corners the corners are a little unproven at this level as well so we'll see yeah we'll, we'll see. see i'm looking forward to six o'clock john thanks so much for joining us uh, here and uh, i'll send you that i'll send you a text with that phone number so we can get started on memorizing excellent it. thanks adrian Appreciate hey, thank it. you so much john voice of the miners john teicher joining us here on sports talk we're going to take a time out right now when we come back danny garcia joining us talking some utep Spr- uh, spring garage sale here with us as we continue right here on sports talk and 600 espn el paso Adrian Bratis, along with Angel Munoz, who's back in our Lubingo studios. Our telephone number is 915-505-600 and the number 9. Uh, let's get going here as we continue here getting ready for the UTEP Football Spring Showcase. Gates open at 5 o'clock. The game gets started at uh, 6 o'clock. We'll be joined by UTEP head coach Dana Dimmel coming up next on the show. Uh, but up next is Senior Associate Athletic Director Danny Garcia a good friend of our show who's joining us here to talk about the uh, spring garage sale. Did some spring cleaning, Danny. I I liked what you guys did earlier today. Yeah, it's been a long day, but it's been fun um, giving fans the opportunity to get stuff they don't really get access to, um, whether it be game-worn jerseys, sideline gear, practice gear, 
even some shoes from basketball, volleyball. Um, it, was, it was a fun day watching the fans come in and go through. Um, probably didn't go as fast as we would have liked it to go, but that learning points. Yeah, and, and uh, let's, let's start there. Let's start on the feedback and just kind of things that you've heard from fans because I know a lot of people were on social media today. Uh, some people tried to come in, uh, didn't want to didn't want to stay this long at, at some points, but you know, at the same point, it, for you guys, it was it was a staffing issue. Yeah, um, we're, we're one of the smaller staffs in college athletics, just, just given our budget, and um, we had not many places you'll see the athletic director out there helping take orders and, and keep track of of people's orders and, and ringing them up and so we, we, we definitely learned a lot today um, a huge shout out to our marketing team our marketing interns for helping all morning our minor athletic staff took the afternoon along and then um, just now the volleyball coaches came in and, and, and helped us out wow. so it, it was all hands on deck effort and very appreciative of our staff. Hey, Danny, uh, let's talk about some of the things that will happen for the spring uh, garage sale. And one of the big things to let fans know is that you guys will be reopening the garage sale starting at 5 o'clock. There are still some items remaining. Give us a little insight on what's left. So a lot of the stuff left, I'm not going to lie, it's a lot of the bigger sizes, um, the 3 and the 4X for the football stuff, um, the basketball. Um, we, we were able to find some of the old warm-ups wow. um, from back. I want to say early 2000s, it was an era where people liked to wear clothes four sizes too big. Um, I think every basketball warm-up's a three or a four X. It's pretty funny. We were trying it on earlier. Um, make a nice set of pajamas. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of a lot of track gear still, um, T-shirts, uh, Pater Pete bobbleheads, a couple pairs of shorts here and there. A lot of it's the the... The normal sizes, I say. I'm a bigger guy, a former lineman. It's a, there's a lot of, if you're a lineman size guy, there's a lot of stuff out there for you still. So, so tell us a little bit about how it's going to go at 5 o'clock and then getting ready for the spring showcase at 6. So at 5 o'clock, what our plan is, we'll open it up like we had it all day. And then come 6 o'clock, uh, we'll kind of stop letting people come and look at stuff. Um, or at least if you're not in line to come look at stuff, we'll, we'll send you back to the spring game. Um, that's kind of our plan from here. We want to make sure that people come and are, come and watch the football team. You know, they put in a lot of work this spring, and we want to make sure the focus is where it needs to be and the hard work they put in this spring. But this is exciting because fans will get a chance to experience that, the garage sale, and then go, come watch the team. Exactly. It's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting night. Um, go buy some gear that you don't always can't always get access to and then go watch the football team, who, who I'm very excited about. I think we're going to have a really good team and a a great year next year. So what is uh what does it take to do this again, Danny? Is there is it possible to do this or did you guys sell out on a lot of stuff that you guys had in the I guess in the shed or in the warehouse and stuff like that? Um I think it's possible to do it every year. Um I'm not sure if we can do it to the extent of items we had this year. Um this was a lot of build up. Um and what really brought this on is is you know talking to coaches and one of the things that always comes up is space. We need space to put stuff. Uh, and then when we go look at their space, you see a lot of boxes full of old stuff. And so, so Jim and I kind of talked and were able to get this done. And, and it's been great. Our, our team's bought in. Um, as of right now, we, we've probably sold more than we thought we'd do in terms wow. of dollar amount. Um, so it's all smiles over here from this end. Good. So this is a this could be an annual fundraiser for you all it, in a sense. It could be. I mean, instead of stuff sitting in a in a closet somewhere, we're, we're able to get it give it to the fans who will hopefully wear it out and it won't just sit in storage for years and I think we'll, we'll assess it every year on a year-to-year -year basis just off what we have and 
Pers go from there. Personal wish list. Let me ask you this, because you had a chance to check out all the products that, that you guys uh, were selling at the garage sale. What were some of your favorite items that you had and you kind of wish, like, man, maybe I, if that guy didn't take it, I would have snagged that? Uh, any of the jerseys, really. Um, the softball jerseys were awesome. Um, softball put out probably well over 100 jerseys from the years today. Um, love those softball jerseys. You know, a lot of people always talk bringing baseball back to UTEP and all that, but I mean, the softball jerseys are great. Um, it's a baseball jersey. Uh, basketball jersey, obviously basketball's huge here. And then, of course, as, as a football player, I'm not going to say the football jersey says so I was able to get mine when I played, so kind of set there. And, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think just some of the, the, the track gear, the pull-ups, the actual warm-ups, the travel suits for track are pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the men's basketball shoes were a little too big for me. I'm a size 13. They were up, I think, started at size 14. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And the interesting thing for me, Danny, is the fact that uh, a lot of people were snagging those uh, shoes, those cleats, whatever it is. And I was I was asking the person who was next to me, I was like, well, why do you want to get cleats? Well, because I want the team to sign it. I want to yeah. get some, some players to sign it and display it and put it on my, in my office. So you can see exactly why uh, people do this, these kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's stuff you don't always get access to. You know, our, our orange, specifically in shoes, is kind of hard to get. So I think a lot of fans were, were excited that came through to see you could actually purchase shoes in our UTEP orange. Most definitely. So let's talk a little bit about this UTEP football spring showcase tonight. This is a first chance for minor fans to actually see this team. They're, they're coming off a, a winning record uh, for the first time since 2014. Danny, as a former UTEP football player, you know how important it is for uh, fans to see wins. Uh, and now they, they did. They, they got a chance to experience a bowl season, which is rare in these uh, parts, uh, parts of the country. But nonetheless, UTEP comes back this year. They retool. They're bringing back a lot of starters from last year your thoughts on this team give me the breakdown i've been um, to one spring practice um just with everything else going on between the basketballs um i am blown away with the size of our offensive line our, how about that guy aluma huh our offensive line will match up against most power fives wow um size wise okay okay um, I'm, I'm, I, when i went out to practice i was like oh my um i, I think probably the deepest team dana's had um, I'm just so grateful that Dana came in with the plan. He stuck to his plan, and we're, we're starting to see the fruits of him and his staff's labor. It's tough, right, because no one wants to lose in those first two years. No one likes to experience things like that. And then in year three, in the pandemic-shortened season, it started to see it started to seem like this team was turning things around, but it really took uh, for last season, for that start, strong start to the year, for that huge win against Louisiana Tech where fans were going crazy. They had that sixth win under their belt, and they were uh, bowl eligible for the first time since 2014. I mean, uh, what's that like to experience kind of full circle? I mean, you were on this team now. You're getting to, to see this uh, in the front office. What, what do you? It, it, it's great just being in Albuquerque for the bowl game and watching our, our guys. The excitement they got when they they got their players gift packages. Um, they got the bowl game suite gifts. Um, going just to the different events they had. Um, it, it, it's great having been through that as a player too. I was excited because I kind of knew what to expect, and I don't think many of the players. Maybe one player had been to a bowl game prior, and I think that was. Um, a transfer from another school. Um, so I'm, I'm just excited. I, I, I'm really excited about this team. I think we got a great shot. Um, I think Dana's doing, building this, he's built this team right. Um, we've got the depth now. Um, 
couldn't be happier with Gavin. Um, Gavin's just developed and not just on the field, I think just as a person. Um, he, I, I talk to him every time I see him, and he just blows me away with how far he's come. I want to ask you also about the spring showcase. There's, it's not just watching the game itself, Danny. Yeah. Fans can have an opportunity to see all the new upgrades you've made across the stadium. Yeah, we're, we're, we're opening. Um, we're encouraging people. Obviously, we, we, we put all this money into this renovation, into the Hunt Family Sky Lounge, the GECU Terrace. Um, we want the people that don't always get access to that or are a little hesitant to do I want to buy tickets and that to come up here and, and experience it and, and just get a feel for it. Um, and the clubs, the outdoor club seats are great. Um, just, just come out and, and, and check it out. Now, fans can get tickets online, utepminers.com slash tickets. There's the uh, box office here at the north entrance of the Sun Bowl. Any other ways that uh, that you'd encourage fans to get out here? It's starting at 5 o'clock when gates open and then 6 o'clock when things get underway. Uh, I think um, for ease of thing, it's probably just go to utepminers.com slash tickets, and, and that that probably be the easiest. Just download them to your phone and show up to the front door i'm with you i'm a phone guy like you so I'm, I'm with you on that completely danny thank you so much for stopping by today really appreciate all the time and uh let's see what ends up happening tonight for the spring showcase well thank you for having me I appreciate it all right danny garcia joining us here on sports talk we're going to take a time out right now when we come back we'll be joined by the head coach of utep football it's dana dimble joining us next right here on 600 espn el paso <laughs> Welcome to hour number two here on Sports Talk. Adrian Broadus along with Angel Munoz back at our Lubin Go Studios. UTEP finishes their football spring ball practices tonight at the Sun Bowl. Gates are now open and fans are welcome to the, uh, to the Sun Bowl for this free event tonight. Uh, it gets started at 6 o'clock. Tickets are online right now. UTEPminers.com slash tickets. But don't worry, they're free. And they're also free and available at the North Box Office. Uh, now joining us here on Sports Talk today, entering his fifth year at the helm of UTEP football is head coach Dana Dimmel. Coach, really appreciate the time. How's it going here before the spring showcase? Oh, it's going well. You know, Adrian, this is today's, you know, obviously our showcase of what we're going to put out there and, and be a great thing for fans to see us and what the new team looks like. You know, as we added a lot of guys at mid-year, Adrian, more than um, any time I've ever been involved in a program had this many mid-year uh, transfers come into a program. So it'll be fun to, for everyone to get to see the new faces and, and see how the additions that we put to this ball club. Coach, just big picture and just kind of lear- looking at this team as it is right now for spring ball, what's the biggest thing that you've learned from the team this spring? Well, you know, what I've learned from the team is that they're, they're very much willing to work and very much willing to uh, not put take anything for granted and to, and to put their effort out there at a high level and you know, we haven't had we've had some snow days, you know, and the guys have got out there and worked really hard. We've had some really cold, uh, unusually cold, windy days. Guys go out and work with the same attitude, and so I just love the resolve of this football team, and and uh, I think it, we've made some strides. Uh, even further in that aspect of just our mental toughness. Now, I, t- I spoke to John Teicher earlier today. The voice of the Miners will be joining you during this spring showcase this evening to talk about uh, the different drills, the, the the schemes, and everything going on. What's it like doing this uh, with uh, with John and Voice of the Miners, and just being able to talk to fans and explain what's happening on the field during this event? Oh, I think it's great, Adrian. I mean, if I put myself in a in a minor uh, football fan shoes, 
I would say what a great opportunity to hear, you know, uh, Coach Demo and Teich uh, talk so much about what we're trying to accomplish with drills, you know, what the players are doing within the drills, what we're looking for fundamentally, and then talk about the individual players that we have, you know, because a lot of times, um, you know, if you go to a spring game, it's going so fast, you don't really get to observe and, and notice the players out there. This way I can talk about each individual player, what they've brought to the program so far uh, this spring, how, how they've improved from last fall. And Taisha obviously been, you know, Taisha and I are so close, so he obviously knows our roster extremely well and is at all of our practices. So it'll be really, really a great insight to our program, more insight than you would get in any other form uh, than having the head coach and, and Taisha on the, on the microphone. And I also think that with all the newcomers in the mix, just like you mentioned earlier, I think that this uh, spring showcase is going to be great for fans. Now, talking specifically about those mid-year guys, how important is it to have that kind of balance, Coach, where you have some guys who are in as immediate uh, players who can make a difference right away and some who might need to learn a couple things before making that immediate impact? Yeah, I think there's nothing like having a, a spring ball and a whole semester uh, to learn how to handle the off-season conditioning, A, and then B, to absorb the systems uh, on either side of the ball and in the special teams. And so what happens is it gets thrown at them and a lot comes at them fast, and then they're able to get this, you know, digested. And then once spring ball is over, now you have your whole summer uh, to take it to a whole another level. And so what I've seen is guys will have this first spring and, and then, boom, everything will slow down for them as they go through the summer and come into fall camp. And about, you know, halfway through fall camp, it really starts to make sense to them and the speed of the game slows down a little bit for them. So that's why I think it's so important to get guys in. I mean, we brought some guys in, in in June, July that are transfers, you know, junior college transfers, and it's just really hard for those guys to make the transition. And so this year, you know, most of our guys are coming in um, at uh, most of them have come in at mid-year, which is really fortunate. They're hard to find good mid-year transfers, so that's been a real positive for us. But we also have a couple that are very, very intelligent, uh, a receiver and a defensive back that are coming in, um, uh, two defensive backs that are coming in, in but they'll be here because they've done well in class. They'll be here the 1st of June to add to our depth, too, that, that aren't quite out there yet as far as junior college additions. For fans that don't know, what is the timeline once the spring practices uh, finish up? And what, what do you guys do during the spring and then leading to fall camp? Yeah, that's a great question because what happens is, you know, this time now that spring ball is over, we like to – one of our big thrusts during spring is to go three days a week. And so we go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursdays, uh, we're working out extremely hard because during spring you get 20 hours and so what we've tried to do is make ourselves continue to get bigger stronger faster we don't take spring ball and take a break from our conditioning and our running and our lifting we try to supplement the two by only doing three practices a week and so that's been really good for us and so now this is just once this is over it's just a continuation of their conditioning and getting ready for the season and so they'll have uh, the next four weeks leading up to finals where they'll be working out and training and um, and still spending some time watching with film review uh, of what we've done through the spring. And then they'll get a, a three-week period off right during finals and next couple weeks after that. And then June 1st rolls around, and then it gets really intense with our conditioning, and, and we'll have a good eight-week cycle. Um, and then with us playing in zero week, they get a week off, 
after that eight-week cycle, and they're back and report for camp on, on August 28th. So or July 28th, so it's going to all come really, really fast. Coach, I want to ping around some of the position groups because you, you added some really good talent across the board. And I want to start in the secondary, replacing guys like Davion Inyang, Walter Neal Jr., Josh Caldwell. That's no easy task whatsoever, but uh, you, it seems like you've supplemented those guys with some solid talent and some nice pieces who are returning from last year. Can you talk a little bit about the secondary and how uh, far it's progressed over the spring? Yeah, that's been, you know, it's that's been the biggest area where we lost three players that were heavy contributors to our football team and all played extremely well last year and all difficult guys to replace. So that's been the big, you know, push for us there. Obviously, you know, having Justin Prince back, you know, who missed the second half of the season is really, really a positive there, uh, who's been a really good starter for us in the past. So we feel like that's kind of supplemented the loss of, of Davion Inyang uh, to a degree. Um, because Tyson Wilson started the second half of the year, and he's had a really, really good spring, and it's kind of try, really trying to put a, a stranglehold on that uh, starting spot at safety. But Kobe Hilton, who is a transfer from Louisiana Lafayette that we had recruited really heavy um, before he chose to go to Lafayette, we got him uh, after their head coach left and at Lafayette, and he's just, you know, it's 208-pound safety that's really, really a good player. And so he's a guy that's had a really, really good spring. It's going to be hard to keep out of the out of the starting lineup. And then Josiah Allen at the corner position has had a really, really good spring, just getting better, 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 more reps he gets. And so he's really making a heavy push there uh, at that at that starting corner position opposite the Tory Richardson, who we thought really came on uh, at the end of the year. So those two guys in the secondary have been the two guys that have really stood out the most as far as the newcomers go in the secondary. And as I alluded to uh, earlier, uh, Adrian, you know, we got a couple more uh, corners and safeties coming in here in June that'll definitely add some more uh, depth to the pieces that we lost, you know, and then obviously we got, uh, you know, Dennis Barnes coming back as a, as a returning starter uh, there as well. How much how much has the depth at the defensive line come along? Because when I was out there, I was looking at the twos coach and I was real I was thinking to myself, man, some of these guys could be starters and, and real good players at other at other uh, colleges. However, you guys rotate those defensive linemen very often in the middle of games, so you need to be deep at that position group. Yeah, you know, really as I look at our depth chart as our, in our two inside defensive tackle positions, Adrian We've got to the point now where we have seven really, really uh, dynamic players at those two uh, rotating through that two defensive tackle positions. And so, you know, Tavita Tavuta came on really strong at the end of last year and got hurt in the Rice game. And he's been sitting out spring, but he'll be back here very shortly. We brought in Josh Palou from Cerritos, who was a guy that had some group of or some Power Five offers and and some things just kind of worked out our way. And we ended up getting him late, late uh, as a mid-year guy has been, you know, really, really a good addition inside there. And Dresden McIver-Brown, who got hurt early last year, uh, as we thought could be one of our very best D linemen, you know, will be back in 100%. He's going through spring, will be 100% for fall. So those are some new additions. And, of course, we didn't lose anybody at those spots from last season. So that's the inside spot. And at the outside spot, we added uh, Mo Westmoreland, who's just had a tremendous, tremendous spring so explosive and just uh, has been a hard, hard guy for us to block, you know, to add to uh, Daylon Jadrian and praise already, 
you know, that are coming back that had really good years last year. And, of course, Brighton Thompson's another uh, mid-year junior college player from Blinn that's really had a very good spring. So we feel like, um, you know, we're three deep, you know, two to three deep at every one of those positions across the board. In the running back group, no Deion Hankins. He's rehabbing this spring. Ronald Awad is back. He's kind of leading this running back group so far. But what have you seen from the younger guys like Cartraven Walker and Willie Eldridge? What do you like from those guys? Well, we know Willie and what Willie can do. We saw glimpses of that last year, and as he got his playing time, and nothing's changed. His ability is, you know, really, really tremendous, and he's had a very solid spring. And then Trey Walker's been getting a ton of reps there, you know, at that position. And Trey's had uh, the best spring, you know, of anybody there as far as uh, what he can do and his diversity out of the backfield. So I think, you know, with Ronnie and and Dion as the one-two, and then you got Ray, of course who's an extremely talented running back, and then Trey and Willie, you know, gives us quite a bit of depth there as well. So we feel good, you know, about our depth at running back, and we feel like you can never have enough running backs, that's for sure. Now in the wide receiver group, this is the one I'm most fascinated by tonight to watch uh, the different players show out. And every time I go to practice, Coach, it's like a different guy who's uh, catching a nice pass. So what what have you seen from the wide receiver group, uh, knowing that you had to replace some of your uh, standouts from last year? Yeah, well, we knew we lost, uh, you know, losing JG and losing Jake is, is a big loss for sure. And so it was a, our major, major emphasis was to go out and replace those guys. And Kelly Akari, you know, has had the best spring of all the newcomers. He's just really shining and um, has the JG body, you know, and is really, really twitchy and explosive and, and just can do all different things. He's got, he can play inside, he can play outside, he can, he can block. He's just very diversified in this talent level so really pleased with him and then two of the guys we redshirted last year because we had those guys were definitely guys we thought were going to be really really good players for us that's jeremiah ballard and justin clark and they both had very very good springs for us are standing out and doing some some things that uh, catch your eye and they're both six one ish six two ish six three ish type receivers you know in that range and they and kelly again is physical like we like we said so we got some size there and then lucas flores you know, a hometown product has just had an outstanding spring, and he's six one plus. Uh, you know, pushing the six two range at receiver. So now we got some size there uh, to go along with with Ty, Tyron Smith, who's had just a fantastic, fantastic spring, and Josh Farr, who we redshirted last year, who was ready to play, but again, we didn't need to use him. Uh, has also had uh, had a good spring, and then Kyle McNamara is making some really making some strides lately here. Uh, down the stretch run, so we feel like um, that position is probably going to be a strength for us, uh, where some people might have thought it might have been a weakness. It's going to be a strength because we're bringing uh, Amari White in in, in June, uh, a young man that we feel tremendous out of a California junior college that we feel like is right up there with all these other guys that we've mentioned. And then, of course, Walt Don got his extra year and Walt will give us some things with the ton of all of his experience and quickness. So we're, we're, we're running pretty deep there at that position, but we got size and quickness and speed, so it's really a very diversified group. Uh, speaking of Walter Don, what can you tell us about special teams and how far along it's come since spring ball has started? Uh, also, just curious at, at what you're kind of thinking about for kick return and punt return specialists right there. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a battle because we brought Marcus Bellin in, who's, you know, had all those touchdowns uh, in the junior college level and set some records for his co- all time records for his conference. 
So Marcus will be a return specialist as well as a good receiver for us. He's getting better all the time at his receiving. And then, of course, Watt was really, really good two years ago for us in the kickoff return aspect of things. And then, of course, we're going to use Tyron Smith now more back there uh, as a return guy. So big emphasis for us to get our kickoff return, which has always been, you know, through over, over the years, Adrian, it's been you know, nationally recognized one of the best kickoff returns. It's the same scheme we had at Kansas State. We brought it here. And, and it took a big step backwards last year. And some of that goes to – a lot of that goes to who's returning them. So I think we're going to make some – you know, uh, really do some good things there with our return – you know, our returners in that aspect, and it's going to help us. But special teams have been a huge emphasis for us. We put a lot of time into it. Aaron's finally been able to put in the fundamentals because he came here, you know, late May, early June and had to instill a system, and that's a, a lot of burden to put on somebody. And uh, I feel like we're going to be much better special teams-wise just because we've had all this time to put the system in now. Coach, I want to just close it out uh, talking about your quarterback. He's now wearing number two, which honors the late Luke Loffenberg. Uh, he's becoming a big-time leader on this team and now a veteran, which is just crazy to think because I remember when he was first stepping onto ca- uh, campus and uh, behind Kai Loxley, your former quarterback. What's Gavin's progression been like? I mean, when you kind of think of him as a, a freshman all the way to where he is now, what, what's his progression been like? Well, our offense doesn't get the justice done to it unless you have somebody that really has the experience that Gavin has and the knowledge that he has because you can't use all the tools that are in the shed. And so his now his knowledge and his experience and his leadership allows him to do so many different things, and he understands so many different – you know, he's going to set protections. He's going to set – you know, he's going to check anytime he wants to check. He's going to get us, you know, change uh, run plays. He's going to change the – the way the line's sliding on different particular fronts, even if it's not pressure. I mean, he has all that latitude, and, and, and it's all there for him, and now he's able to grasp all that and understand that. And so that part of it, along with his tremendous talent, his tremendous arm talent uh, that he has, just allows us to be more and more diversified. So it's really a treat. And, you know, Calvin Brown holds behind him. He's just had a really, really good spring, which is so important for our football team. And Calvin's got a great, great understanding of the system, too, because, again, he's been with us for so long. So that's just the advantage, Adrian, that you get when you got quarterbacks that have been with you for a long time and understand what you want to do. And they're sharp, and they care, and, uh, and, and, and Gavin's just so talented. Head coach Jana Dimmel joining us here on Sports Talk. Coach, thank you so much. Can't wait for kickoff here in less than 45 minutes and uh, our first chance to see the 2022 Miners. Uh, really appreciate the time, Coach. Yeah, Adrian, you know your stuff, and so we get to go, and we probably go on all night. So <laughs> yeah, most hey. definitely, Coach. Really appreciate hey, it again. Uh, Dana Dimmel joining us here on Sports Talk. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, We'll be joined by the Doc Jock. That's right. Ask a Doctor with Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. We'll be talking all sorts of sports injury questions. If you have any questions for the Doc Jock, send it our way, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, or give us a call on our new phone line. It's 915-505-609. We'll take a time out and be right back right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Ask a Doctor on 600 ESPN El Paso with Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Call in or tweet us with your questions for the Jock Doc. Here's your host, Steve Kaplowitz. 
We are live at the Sun Bowl, getting ready for the UTEP Football Spring Showcase. Adrian Broad is here, filling in for Steve Kaplowitz as he's out in Austin. But we'll have you getting ready. We'll have you covered and getting ready for this uh, big UTEP Football Spring Showcase. But before we talk some more football, uh, let's bring on one of our favorites. He is the Doc Jock, Doctor Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Uh, lots of new things going on at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. First off, new expansion of their their location 2267 Treywood Suite G2 and also a new website you can check them out Desert Institute of Sports Medicine online and if you'd like if you like what you hear today and if you want to give him a call give him a call at 915-256-9751 that number is 915-256-9751 to talk to Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Doc, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Friday afternoon. How's everything going? It's going great, Adrian. How about you? Doing great, Doc. Hey, I've got some goodies for you. Uh, you're going to be excited from for this because I know that you're decorating. One of the cool things I love about the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine is that every room has its own theme. And uh, I got some goodies for you today from the UTEP uh, garage sale that uh, that I'm hoping that that'll be uh, at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine here in the future. Yeah, you know what? Each room has a has a different sport, but. I think the the other thing that that uh, we were trying to do is get the El Paso field. So we have a lot of great uh, sports in, in the El Paso area. So we need to take advantage of them, you know. Yeah, we'll, ta- we'll, we'll keep you covered. We got you, Doc. Hey, uh, let's talk about today's uh, subject at hand. Uh, I'm excited about this one because before I dove into uh, really what PRP injections and shots at uh, Desert Institute of Sports Medicine are, I had no clue what PRP stood for, what it is, or anything about it. So let's educate our listeners. Let's talk about this in, in a full extent, Doc, because I feel like now after going through this, I can see uh, the real advantages to this. Let's start with the basics. What is a PRP? P shot for people that aren't familiar with this. So, so let's start off by just what what is what do the letters stand for? You know, with PRP, so it's platelet rich plasma, and it's a it's a form of injection where we take the the patient's blood, spin it down, um, remove the white blood cells, remove the red blood cells, and then we keep the platelets. And the platelets are are concentrated, so um, the platelets have cytokines and chemokines. Um, and growth factors which help uh, the body heal. So we're we're kind of like um, revving up the the, the regeneration and, and healing process, and then we we inject the patient um, in a nutshell. So okay, okay, I understand. Now, why would somebody get this PRP injection? Why is this so important? Well, uh, you know, we see a lot of athletes, and and sometimes too, you know, it's not even athletes that we see. We see construction workers, and we see, you know. Uh, maintenance guys and and they're they're trying to get back to work athletes trying to get in back to their sport and of course you know with with their injury comes pain and with the pain comes you know limited range of motion and of course you know the it affects performance and so with the prp this is a, a way of helping the the patient get back to to their sport to their work um and it's pretty uh pretty benign as far as you know, it's pretty much just your own red blood cells, uh, platelets, I'm sorry, that are being injected back into you. So um, the, the clinically, we've had good outcomes, and, and uh, I think that's probably the, the best thing, you know, that, that uh, the patients that have had it, um, why they like it. Uh, they've had the span of, there, there's other injectables, you know, there's obviously, you know, uh, steroids and um, 
there's also a hyaluronic acid. And I've had patients that have had, you know, the gamut of, you know, they've had their, their knee injected with, with uh, steroids. They've had their knee injected with hyaluronic acid. And then they get the PRP and they're like, Doc, I mean, why didn't, I don't know why I didn't do this before. And, um, of course, the, the, I guess the, the down, downside is, is that uh, um, the price, you know, it's a little bit more pricier than other injections. I understand that. Now, one of the things that I do want to highlight is, you know, you say that this could be used for the common man, kind of like a, you know, a construction worker or somebody who who deals with everyday kind of pain and doesn't want to go through a surgical process who who uh, might use a PRP shot. But this also is used by professional athletes. And uh, one of the recent, I guess, examples that I could come up with is uh, I, I'm, I watch a lot of hoops. I know you watch a lot of NBA as well, Doc. Uh, the Chicago Bulls right now, they're sixth in the Eastern Conference. They have one of their best players in Zach Levine who uh, he had received a PRP shot recently. He's active now. Um, what is the benefits from like a, an NBA player doing this to try to keep their season going? And I always feel like, I don't know about you, Doc, but I always feel like I see these stories come uh, later on in the season close to playoff time to try to mend these uh, players so they can stay on the court. Right. And and so the thing is, it's obviously, you know, like it's, it's a grinding season and, and, uh, you know, with with the NBA, you know, you got back to back games and uh, pretty a pretty uh, robust schedule, and it's a lot of wear and tear on the joints, and so um, they they don't have a lot of time. And and now, you know, with I mean, just pretty much like you know, like you said at the end at the end when it comes down to playoffs, like uh, you know, two three games, two three losses can make a, a big difference in where you are in in, in the seating. And of course, you always want what's best for your team, and of course, what's best for 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 you as an individual. And with PRP, it it gives them, you know, a way of saying of healing faster, um, and not having to do, um, you know, other stuff that that might might uh, hurt them in the end, like steroid injection, you know. Oh, yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying there. Now, now elaborate a little bit more on this, because I kind of hinted at this before I before I uh, went to this, dire- I guess, direction. But, you know, when you're talking about things like surgery, what's the fine line between getting a PRP injection versus opting and just getting the surgery if you're dealing with some kind of ailment? Well, you know, um, that, that's a great question. And, and the thing is, a lot of times it's it's how, how much, um, how the 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 ailment how how bad is it you know so like when you have you know a complete tear versus partial tear uh versus you know just you know the the muscle is just stretched out um it makes a big difference and and so with range of motion um a lot of times you know i i tell patients look you're not you're not a candidate uh this is already you know like you can't lift the shoulder you, pre- you pretty much have a full rotator cuff tear this is this is going to require surgery you know and so the thing is I also don't don't don't. Um, I want to make sure that that, that the audience is, that's listening, this isn't the the, the cure all of everything. You know that it's it's for for certain patients and for certain ailments and and uh, of course yeah like when when it comes down to uh, range of motion and and uh, and uh, complete tears, usually we're talking about surgical means. But one of the things you know uh, you know we were talking about. Prevention of surgery. Uh, a lot of orthopedic docs are using a, a PRP during surgery to to get better better outcomes as well. I don't know if you got a chance to 
me a little bit about that too. No, I have no clue about this. So let, let me set the stage on this one because um, now you, we, we talked about the pre, I mean, I guess the fine line between surgery or no surgery, but now you're saying even with a surgical process, there's a possibility to get a PRP shot post-surgery. What benefits does that, that give you? Well, so no, it's it's not even post. Well, I would say like it's almost, I would say like during surgery. Okay. So so the benefits are uh, you get, you know, uh, less scar tissue and then, of course, you know, your range of motion uh, and, and, and uh, your recovery time, you're, you're, you're decreasing that. And again, the same thing, you know, like just, just like it's not for everybody, you know, like it's not for, for every surgery, obviously for, you know, like uh, total knee replacement, there, there is no more knee, you know, you have a prosthesis, so obviously PRP is not going to work there, you know. But um, for for uh, rotator cuff repairs, I I, uh, I know of some orthopedics that are doing it and they're having good outcomes. You know, um, um, doing the PRP and and so one thing that that uh, um, I, I wanted to make sure that 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 uh, the audience knows too is that not not every uh, PRP is is the same. And so the thing is um, how how concentrated the 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 platelets are and how much the the separation between, you know, how much white blood cells you got out um, and how much red blood cells you got out makes a big difference. So um, obviously it's, you know, it's kind of like uh, anything, you know, like it's um, if you have different centrifuges, you're, 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 you might not have as good outcomes as well, you know? And so um, it's important that whoever's doing the PRP, that, that they're using a, a system that, that maximizes the platelet concentration. We're talking right now to Dr. Sergio Alvarado, the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. It's the, our Ask a Doctor spe, uh, special series joining us here on our phone lines ahead of the UTEP Football Spring Showcase, which we're getting people ready for. Also, Chihuahua's baseball coming up here in about 30 minutes from now. First pitch set for Del, uh, out at Dell Diamond between the Chihuahuas and the Round Rock Express. Continuing with Dr. Sergio Alvarado talking PRP injections. Doctor, how long does this procedure usually take? Is, is there like downtime? after this after you do this kind of thing um so the procedure itself it i, I think the, the most uh tedious part is, is just the, the centrifuge and, and it usually takes about 15 to 20 minutes um patient comes in um and we draw we draw their blood um that takes about you know two two three minutes um we, we use a centrifuge and that's the 15 20 minutes and then the injection takes probably a minute or two and then downtime, uh, I do tell them, hey, you know what, I, I kind of want you to rest, uh, depending on what, you know, if it's lower extremity versus upper extremity. Obviously, you know, like uh, uh, for a plantar fascia injection, I might, I might tell them, you know what, um, I, I kind of want you to stay off of it for two, three days, you know, just to get a better outcome. And for, for extrem- like upper extremities, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them not to, not to work out for, for the next week, you know. Same thing with the, with the lower extremities. Um, and because we're, we're actually kind of revving up the, the, the inflammatory system. Sometimes you can have, a uh, a lot, you can have a kind of like an inflammatory reaction where, where you might have a pain for a day or two. Um, but, um, this is all theoretical. I, and clinically I've never seen it. I'm always prepared for it, but it's, I, it's one thing I tell the patients too, just to be prepared for it. Um, they can take Tylenol for the pain. Um, we don't want to take any anti-inflammatories because then we would kind of be reversing the process. 
And then I tell them, look, this is, this is going to, it's got to rev up your body. And so usually um, you start seeing the best, you know, results in, in uh, week two to three. Um, and then um, how often can you do it? Well, um, you, you can do it, you know, um, every one to two months. Um, okay. Again, it's, it's, uh, it's your own blood. So, I mean, that a lot of people, that that's one thing that they do like is, is the safety, you know. Most definitely. And uh, I guess I should have asked this a lot earlier, Doctor, but who are some good candidates for, you know, kind of knowing whether or not you need a PRP injection? So, so a lot of tendon issues uh, tend to do well. So, um, you know, famous uh, tennis elbow, um, elbow pain, you know, that, that people have, um, which is lateral epicondylitis, um, medial epicondylitis, which is we, we refer to as golfer's elbow, plantar fascia, um, I've had patients that uh, I have uh, uh, two pianists that that uh, and a guitar player that that had a, a trigger finger and their fingers were locking in. Wow! They, they went with with PRP so instead of the. Yeah, so I mean, pretty much um, with arthritis, it's it's the results can vary, but um, I've had good results with with uh, mild to moderate um, arthritis, osteoarthritis, and and um, and then also with with the uh, uh, partial rotator cuff tears, you know, with in the shoulder, and uh, they've done well as well, you know. Who is a, like, do you have a common, uh, I, I guess, like, client or, or person, I, patient for this kind of thing? Do you have a common, uh, you know, somebody who, oh, okay, this is what they're coming in for. It's it's kind of like everybody else. Yeah, I, I, I guess uh, just really like uh, somebody, well, I guess they, they, they come for, for, for various reasons, Adrian, and, I, and sometimes it's, it's because the, the patient, you know, has heard a bit about it or, or also the patient has, has tried other things and, and they're like, you know what, I don't want surgery. Like, I don't think I'm there yet. I just need a little bit of push. Or or sometimes I have, you know, like, you know, with athletes, it's always like it's crunch time. You know, I have I have, I have a lot of CrossFitters and, and powerlifters. You know, the powerlifters, they're always hurting their elbows. And and uh, the CrossFitters are always hurting everything. You know, like the, the knees mm-hmm. take a lot of a big hit with, with the burpees and, and uh, the box jumps. And so they're they're always good candidates as well, you know, and most, and and a lot definitely. of people like I guess they they uh, some, a lot of the athletes sometimes they you know they they want to stay away from from foreign substances, so they just they, I mean it's really just their their own blood. There's nothing else, you know. I'm so fascinated to learn a little bit more about injections. I'm excited to do this with you again here shortly. I, I believe we're, we've got another uh, we got another ask a doctor with you next week. So uh, I definitely want to stay on on this subject of injections because I think you know just as sports fans, sports fans think of injections, they think, oh steroids, or, or they think the worst things out there. But uh, there are some really positive things like the PRP injections that can really help benefit athletes. But then you're even telling me it goes uh, further than that. You have pianists guitarists you have uh you know everyday workers who might need it and who've just experienced pain so uh very very helpful information doctor and i can't wait to to uh talk a little bit more about these different injections and additional services you offer right no yeah i mean uh absolutely adrian i think uh it's you know it's vital that that that, uh that athletes and and you know common workers that that are having joint pain have have uh options you know and it's it's you know back even when I was training, like we, there wasn't much, you know, it was kind of like, well, here you go, here's your steroid injection. And then, uh, if it didn't work, then you were kind of like, well, I guess it's going to be a surgery now. And so I think it's, it's good that we have options now. And, um, 
I, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that um, we can provide the information for, for people that, that, that could benefit from this. All right. Well, hey, Doc, really appreciate all the time today. Again, Desert Institute of Sports Medicine, a lot of new things going on. You can check out their new expanded location. It's 2267 Treywood, Suite G2. If you liked what you heard today, you could give them a call today at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine, 915-256-9751. That number again, 915-256-9751. Always appreciate the Jock Doc, Dr. Sergio Alvarado, joining us on the phone lines as well. Thank you so much, Doc, and we really appreciate it. Can't wait for the next time when we get a chance to do this again and uh, and talk a little sports and sports medicine. Thanks a lot, Adrian. All right, he's Dr. Sergio Alvarado. We're going to take a timeout. Coming up next, voice of the Chihuahuas, Tim Haggerty. He will join us out at Dell Diamond as El Paso gets ready to take on the Round Rock Express. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, Hags and the Chihuahuas all here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You've been listening to Ask a Doctor with Dr. Sergio Alvarado on 600 ESPN El Paso. Brought to you by the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Call to set up an appointment at 915-256-9751 or visit DesertInstituteEP.com for more.